Hello and welcome to The Specialist. I'm delighted to say that after the resounding success of our first series, they've only gone and asked me back to record another. I'm Rob Barnard and in this second podcast series, we'll be again talking to mortgage industry thought leaders who aren't afraid to address pressing issues happening in the here and now. Over the course of this series, we will explore real-world affairs that are in need of their bold new ideas and expertise. Ideas that cut through the financial jargon and offer real-world specialist solutions for everyday people in the mortgage industry. That's specialist ideas from specialist experts for you to tune into at home or on the go. Hello and welcome to The Specialist. I'm your host, Rob Barnard, and in this episode, I'll be focusing on the mortgage market challenges faced by the self-employed. I'll be talking about this and, of course, so much more with none other than Danny Belton from Legal and General Mortgage Club. As Head of Lender Relationships for the LNG Mortgage Club, Danny is responsible for the management and oversight of all the relationships with lenders that are on the LNG panel. Danny, I'm absolutely delighted to have you on air with me today. Rob, this is great fun. Really looking forward to this session today. Good stuff. Glad to have you here, really. I do like to do my research before a guest comes on the show, looking at their long and varied careers, often with many twists and turns along the way. And of course, carrying out my research on Danny was no different. So, as you do, I stalked him on LinkedIn. And under his career experience, I found just one entry. Legal and General, May 1988 to present day. 34 years and 11 months of Legal and General. And so, how did Danny Belton first get to work for the Legal and General Mortgage Club, or for Legal and General, and then simply stay there? Come on, talk me through it. As a youngster, my father said I should go and work for a bank. And at the time, I was playing rugby, my local team, Sutton and Epsom. And our team manager was a branch manager in that West. So I just, can I have a job, please? So off I went to do that for a period of time. And then I met this young lady who I was at school with, and she worked at Legal and General. She said, well, why don't you come work here? So I filled out an application form, and off I went. And, and the rest is history. I mean, I spent the first sort of six months opening post and sorting posts, and it was a time where pension direct debits were really on the rise, and it was a big sort of boom time for pension. Yeah, after a while, I sort of managed to find my way through uh, sort of different roles and, and sort of progress through the chain. It was a very story of starting at the bottom and working oh, your way definitely. up. In uh, December 1997, there came an opportunity to actually join the Mortgage Club. And here I am over 25 years later. And it's been an incredible journey. And it must be so fulfilling. You must be so proud that now LNG is by far the biggest mortgage club in the country. I am very proud of, of, of what we've achieved. And it's an incredible industry. I've met many great friends like yourself and uh, you know some, some great colleagues along the way we've had our ups and downs as the market oh. but we've always been able to sort of smile about it and move forward and and, and work very collaboratively I, I don't think this is a, an industry quite like any other I, I just think we do all come together when it needs to be we share thoughts we share ideas ultimately we're still trying to sort of make sure that our own businesses are successful and thrive but we still seem to do everything in partnership and partnership is a key driver for me and that's for me has been part of the success of the club and I will often say to them I do not care about your size and scale it is your desire to actually do things together to get to to your end result as a lender that has been that has been so important to me and I think has uh, really helped um, drive the relationships and, and given me a great deal of pleasure that I've been able to help so many people and lenders achieve so many good things. So before we get into the challenges and, and sort of nitty-gritty of looking at the problems facing the self-employed market I'd like to find out a bit more about you. 
So, come on, how does Danny Belton, industry legend, award winner, switch off of an evening from the mortgage world? Yeah, it, it can be quite hard to do that. But, but what do I do? So here I am, age 54. You know, I very much look forward to what's, what's down the track, what's next, and how, how to really live life. I have a, a very good friend I spend a lot of time with who uh, we share some, some, some sort of great hobbies, and it's very much around sort of food and wine and, and general living. But it's also about learning experience, and, and, and we cook a lot, uh, cook some great dishes. Um, as regular listeners to the podcast will know, at Pepper, um, we publish a study each year. We do it on an annual basis, and the last iteration, the last publication was in December of last year. And it's a, it's a combination of in-depth research in conjunction with YouGov and a survey of about 6,000 individuals. According to our research and our survey, 7% of the adults we questioned in the survey said they were self-employed. Now, I think that number is actually considerably lower than the official statistic. I think the, the, the latest figure I heard on the self-employed market was something like 14 to 15% of UK individuals were self-employed. For those who are self-employed, there were significant concerns about their prospects of being accepted for a mortgage. In fact, more than three quarters, 77%, said that simply being self-employed makes it more difficult difficult for them to be approved for a mortgage. Danny, why do the self-employed find it so hard to to get a mortgage? I I think there are a couple of factors, really. I think there is a nervousness from lenders. They're just seen as more high-risk customers because no one's actually quite sure of the certainty of the business. You know, if you're a top 100 FTSE company, clearly, you know, you have that standing or whatever whatever else, and that's very, very different. But if you've just set up as a one-man band trying to do something, you you need to have a track record, or lenders require a track record to actually show that the business is sustainable and and you've actually hit uh, the relevant levels of income that is there. And that's not always easy in the the early days. Um, But even when you get to years, you know, two, three, four, five, you're still um, looking at market conditions. You've only got to look what's happened through COVID that actually there were a number of self-employed people out there that actually probably had to close their business because COVID took away their customers, especially if you own a shop or uh, um, you were reliant on people coming to you. And the businesses that thrived, whereas where that service was taken to customers or more online. We see an evolution in our world that actually our customer needs or consumer needs change. We're actually sort of saying, well, no, we want stuff brought to us. So it's still about delivery. It's about online. So business has to adapt. And not every business can do that. So I think lenders have a nervousness around what they'd be prepared to sort of lend unless they have a, they feel that the business model is absolutely right. So it, 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 it is a real challenge. Turn the clock back many, many moons. I was selling mortgages in my in my first job at, at a now sort of no longer around building society. Um, and I must admit, when I got a customer came in and threw me three payslips and a P60 over the desk, I felt quite comfortable. When he came in and threw one, two, three years accounts over the desk, I was a little bit more concerned, not concerned, or, or as a little bit of me thinking, crikey, what do I do? Do you think there's an element here where brokers maybe aren't as comfortable dealing with the self-employed sector as they are with the employed sector? Because it's a lot more simple to sort of define affordability. I think um, based on the fact that the self-employed sector is the smaller part, then yes, because there may not be the the um, continual flow of self-employed applicants. And I think there'll be the thought, thought, well, actually, this is going to get more complex because, you know, I've got to delve into accounts that they may have more than one income stream and, and things like that. So there is that level of complexity that is around there. 
And I would suggest that we know that the vast majority of business in general goes to the high street. But when that person gets rejected from the high street, it's a question, well, what then happens? So I do think there's a bit of fear um, and scepticism about whether all self-employed people can be helped. And I think brokers have probably found them traditionally harder. Not all brokers. I think some are very, very good and, and uh, have more experience because their, their typical client base maybe see a greater number of them. Therefore, they have confidence. But, but in general, if you're only seeing you know, one every now and then, then, then I do think it would be harder to understand because it is a, a large requirement and a lot more work. Yeah, it's hard. They think it's hard. And I think when I say 77% say they think it's difficult, 50% of it was they think it's a, it's a lot more difficult. 27 think it's a bit more difficult. So the most of them are thinking this is really challenging. And you know what? I, th- I think COVID has a big part to play in that. I mean, one challenge that I see for the self-employed customer can be that mortgage lenders traditionally base the affordability of a mortgage over the average maybe of two or three years. However, with COVID impacting most businesses in 2020, many businesses have made stronger profits in the years since in the previous two years or even the one year. How, how do you think specialist lenders, and obviously I'm, I'm from one, so I feel a little bit biased towards it, but how do you think specialist lenders' approach to self-employed differs to that of the mainstream? So I think there's two, there's two points there. The first of all, are we talking about a lender that may say computer says no? Okay, and, and that very black and white fashion. And I'll says, come back to that in a second because yeah. I think that's another point. Because you're right. Because, you know, through COVID, there are some people that clearly struggled and other people that clearly thrived. Yep. And I think, you know, we, we have to base this on the income. Where specialist lenders do really well here is not only is the, the criteria, I think, better than where the high street is because obviously you're prepared to take more of a risk, if, if we can put it that way, but you want to understand the story. You want to get to know the individual behind and understand the story. Bring it to life. So the technology, all it does is sort of say, this lender is likely to look at it, but you're still going to go, right, present it in the right way that tells me the story. What what has really happened here for me to make an informed decision as to whether that's the, 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 the right level of risk and whether we can actually help that customer or not? And I think that that is so vital to the self-employed market because, you know, they do have a story to tell. You can see where their challenges are, but as long as the plan is believable that actually it will take them forward and it's sustainable because ultimately all you're doing is protecting against you. you you want the risk you want to know that they can afford it but of course a lot of these people are also entrepreneurs and what may fail today may may actually bounce back into something else tomorrow very quickly in many cases absolutely um so so yeah i, I just think you the specialist lending market has a very positive outlook and the way they deal with the self-employed to understand that story has been absolutely vital. So I think I'm right in saying that the majority of the high street lenders still probably insist on a couple of years' accounts. The, the days of when it was three, probably. There's still probably some out there that like to look at three and get the comfort of that. Most maybe high street lenders will take a two-year approach. Specialist lenders in the main will look at one year's figures or, or the current year's figures if that's the first year. And I, and I think how this helps, with, with an example that a, a guy that came up to one of our stands at one of the many events that I, that I go to said that we helped a builder. And I think Builder is, fits into what you were saying, Danny, about the COVID days. Builders were building. COVID came and they never laid a brick for, for another best part of 12 months by the time they got out of the traps. But while they weren't building, while they weren't building, people were saving, weren't they? Because this was before the cost of living crisis that we're facing today. Um, people were saving because they weren't going out. And all of a sudden, COVID finished relaxation of sort of lockdown happened and people were awash with cash i've never seen so many extensions double glazing conservatories going onto houses around my local area ever in my life so all of a sudden you've got a self-employed builder who has an absolute decimated set of accounts 2020 2021 but a very healthy set of accounts in 22 
especially lenders, I think that's how we can help in that particular approach. And how, how will you look at it for, for, for 2023 and, 20, and project into 2024? Because the market has changed again. And these, these people have had a really good, you know, some of these builders have had a great time of it. And I'm sure they'll continue to do well. But they have to sort of change and adapt to make sure, because, you know, they've still got bills to pay. They've still got mortgages to pay. They've still got mouths to feed at home. They're not, they're not going to let that go. So... It's, it's about the approach, that sensibility of approach to actually, you know, not just take a moment in time, but to say to understand where they are, how they've got there, and actually what the projection is going forward. And I think that you do, you do win it. It's really interesting that that smart criteria said seventy nine thousand searches actually are for criteria related to income in the last twelve months, of which thirty two thousand of those searches related to self employed income, which which you know is quite a significant amount. So you can see that self employed are more worried about the income than anything else. A couple of things. You touched on their mainstream, largely credit score driven. We don't know what features to a credit score pass or fail. Do you get a gut feel that maybe the self-employed are disadvantaged a little with credit score? I think so. And you know, it may be the way they have to run their lives as part of running a business that actually they they do actually take on more debt and things and use their credit cards more and things like that in order in order to live. But ultimately, you know, it's, it's about the strength of the business and what they're doing and how they, how they are actually making their income that, that, that really matters. And I just think we, we need to sort of make sure we really understand this in the right way. Especially things I think do really well. There's always room for change and always room oh, to totally. improve because you know, customer needs, the way we work, the way we uh, the way we sort of live our daily lives changes all the time and we have to keep up with that and i think certain sectors in the market you would argue haven't changed a great deal because it's that whole thing you know we do it that way because that's the way we've always we've done always it always done it yeah but we've got to move on with the times yeah and, and i think in some ways you know the old building society movement have done well with the self-employed so again when you say that we've always done it like this the stuffy approach of the of the stereotypical building society i think in the specialist space often lead the way i think i think credit to them i think one thing we've seen as well out of the pandemic and you touched on this earlier is diversification in trades that you find some trades have been absolutely decimated following the pandemic and haven't had the chance to recover so we have seen some people diversify significantly again specialist lenders i think can help those sort of people because we will we will look at largely lending on their first year's accounts and i think that's something just to consider that we are quite we're willing to adapt and change our approach if people have changed and diversified i don't think it's just the self-employed whose earned income can be variable though if you think about it according to our research over a quarter of all workers earn variable income i mean that can be what second jobs third jobs it can be commission bonuses etc how do you think this affects affordability for potential borrowers and are there any solutions out there for those sort of approaches i think it, it does affect um, affordability because again it's that it's that certainty you as a lender want to know the certainty that they can actually you know, make the repayments that you're asking them to do but at the same time we have to have a sensible approach if they are having a, a steady income then, then why can't they just you know have the same levels of affordability and things and but people will diversify i think i know rob it, it's a really difficult I, I generally think that the employed have an easier ride than the self-employed but there are certain aspects if you've got multiple incomes you do start to become a more complex customer which doesn't necessarily fit the high street so so leading on from that i think the broker market has a massive part to play here what do you think brokers can do to help the self-employed clients? Brokers are key to everything. More and more customers are worried about their finances, not sure where to go, may have tried to do something and, and, and got rejected. It is about that rounded advice that, that, that the broker gives. It is about the broker understanding the story and having that breadth of knowledge or tools at their fingertips that gives them that breadth of knowledge and expertise to firstly reassure a customer 
But whatever conversation they have, it's not about removing the roof over their heads. It's about trying to see where there are any better options or allowing that customer to improve um, in, in, in the pro- property and, and either by you know, renovating or, or, or wanting to buy. Housing in the UK is so vital but it is still the biggest purchase for, for many of us in our lives. And so actually try and do it on your own is, is incredibly hard. And with the complex nature of the market and the fact that rates are bobbling up and down and customers are uncertain, uh, the, the need for the financial advice and the comfort and the confidence that customers get from this um, is, is so, so vital. You know, and it is about that relationship as well, because you know, if you if you do see a customer, then we should be staying in touch with them over time. And that the new customer today could be a lifelong customer tomorrow, and should be if we, absolutely if they do it right the first time. And and I think it's never been so vital to stay close to your customer. Yeah. What would your advice be to any brokers out there that probably are still shying away from specialist lending as a whole? Oh, absolutely don't. There is nothing to fear by specialist lending. The lenders are here to help. They have some great products. They have some great propositions. And, you know, there's some great BDMs out there and, and contacts within there that can really help and support. The technology will guide you to those areas and help you make informed decisions. It's really, really important. The one thing I would suggest, though, is that, um, and coming back to what we're talking about customers, we're, we, we expect market to be lower this year in terms of general lending. But there's also a number of customers, huge number of customers coming to the end of their deal. When was the last time you actually reached out to your customers, especially your self-employed customers, just to reassure them that you are there? If you've got self-employed customers, reach out to them, let you know that. They may be fearful because they're concerned that, that we may uncover something. You're offering a friendly hand. So actually, let's have a conversation. Let me assure you as to where the market is going and where your options may be. Even if they don't need anything for 12 months, it's good insight for them to have something now and extensive relationships but I think you'll pick up far more customers that way it gives them the trust and confidence to make recommendations for you at a time that actually you you could could be quiet so basically don't leave it until three months before a PT is ready to be done keep in touch and I've said it before on previous uh, episodes of the podcast it's never been more important that you do that I agree many mortgage brokers are self-employed themselves so we all need this we are all in this together and the one thing about the specialist learning it, it is a community and they're all there to help. And you, know, you do need to ensure that you take full advantage as a broker because it's not about you, just about you. It is about your customer. It's about your financial future. And also get out to some events as well. I appreciate we've been shut in for a while. There are some good events being run around the country. Ligna General got ours coming up shortly. Other distributors are doing theirs too. You know, they will find a number of specialist lenders there. Go and have that conversation. Make the intro. Find out a bit more about it. It's a great opportunity to see many people in one day. Danny, you've talked about Smarter Fit. Um, how do people find out more about the LNG Mortgage Club and indeed the, the tools that are available to them? Just come through to our, to our website, LegalGeneralMortgageClub.com, I think it is. Um, you know, pick up the phone to me or my colleagues out on the road. You know, we're all available, always happy to help. Uh, the Mortgage Support Desk in Barnsley, uh, phone through or send an email. There's, there's those there. Very happy to come and give demos and things. We are at a number of events as well around the country, um, so, so do come and do it. You know, it is free to everybody, um, so we think it has real value, and certainly from the usage we've seen so far, um, it has been a real benefit to brokers. Danny, thanks so much for taking time out of your packed schedule to talk with me today. It's been great, firstly, to get to know a little bit more about you, and it's great to hear the important role that our intermediary friends can play in helping the self-employed applicants get a mortgage that they want and need. The self-employed play a vital role in the country's economy, and the respondents to our survey are largely correct that it can be sometimes more difficult to secure a mortgage as a self-employed person but it doesn't have to be that way. 
Specialist lenders simply do what it says on the tin. They specialise in lending to self-employed customers with criteria and processes that are designed to meet the particular circumstances of the self-employed. Specialist lending is as simple today as mainstream lending. Why not consider making yourself the go-to broker in your own area for specialist lending? And if if that specialist lending as a whole seems a little bit too daunting, then why not focus on the self-employed? There are so many self-employed people who would welcome your support and guidance as you help them navigate the choppy waters of the UK mortgage market. Thanks again. My pleasure. Of course, a big thank you also goes out to you, our listeners. This has been The Specialist, brought to you by Pepper Money. If you love the content today, then do let us know on social using our hashtag, hashtag Pepper Specialist Podcast. Pepper Specialist Podcast.